is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. Today, I welcome Sari Wild to the show. Sari, welcome. Hi, Caroline. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk about your book and specifically how managers can harness and grow the talents of others for maximum effectiveness. You know, Sari, the role of the manager has changed so much over recent years. There are many arguments out there about the differences between managers and leaders, and your work is so research-based. I'd love for you to give us the big picture overview and and help us start this conversation today. Sure, that sounds great. So, Really, my team at Gartner started investigating managers um, many years ago, but really more specifically around two years ago as we started to see a lot of our clients coming to us and telling us how this role is really changing. And really, this aligns with how work is changing for everyone in any kind of organization today. And really what we're seeing are three big shifts in work that are impacting employees and managers. So the first one is what we call big organizational shifts. And a lot of this stems from the digitalization in, in work today that's causing a lot of organizations to change the way that works get, work gets done, the products that they sell, how they sell those products, really changing uh, how they operate. The second piece is just this idea that work is becoming a lot more in, interdependent. And that That stems back to 2008 and the Great Recession, where we saw a lot of organizations beginning to cut layers out of their management and kind of flattening overall. And what we found is that even as the economy is starting to grow again, those layers have not been replaced. And so even today, we see managers and employees having to work through a lot more matrix structures where they're working with and through more people in different time zones, different roles all over the globe. And then finally, the third piece is that work is just less predictable. So skills are changing fast. The jobs that people had five years ago often require new and different skills today. And it's hard for employees to keep up. And uh, it's hard for managers to guide employees through those changes, managing their own stress, even when they don't have all the answers. So we kind of kicked off our research with that fact, that context, really trying to understand you know, what are the best managers doing to coach and develop their employees in today's work environment? So let's take that a little deeper because I hear you loud and clearly that the world of work is unpredictable and complex and extraordinarily different from year to year. So what approach are most organizations taking around manager coaching and development today? Yeah. So as employees are becoming you know, less certain in their work. We hear a lot of the new generations entering the workforce asking for more feedback and coaching. A lot of organizations that we work with have been taking on new initiatives around continuous coaching and feedback. So we hear that phrase all the time from our HR executives, from leaders around the importance of managers being always on, providing that always on coaching and, and feedback that employees are looking for. You know, it's interesting, though, because always on can be a problem. And I know you write about this so beautifully in the book when you talked about 
the connector approach. So help us understand the difference yeah. and why one is better. Sure. So as we started to hear this approach that a lot of organizations were taking, and then in talking to employees and leaders themselves about whether this was working, uh, we heard that, you know, there it just in a lot of cases, this it didn't seem to be working. So we wanted to just test that. So we went through um, a a really big research study, both qualitative and quantitative, where we surveyed uh, nearly 10,000 managers, employees globally across industries, functions, all different regions, really trying to understand what are the best managers doing to coach their employees today. And what we found is that all managers tend to follow one of four different approaches in how they coach and develop their teams. One of those is this always on approach. And this is the approach, you know, that that really is that continuous feedback and coaching approach. And then one of the other approaches, what we found is the connector approach. And this is the approach that uh, what we found to be really the most effective. So realizing that managers, it's hard for managers to be always on. They have these large spans. The average manager today has about nine direct reports. You can think about being, providing that continuous coaching for all of those nine direct reports on top of your day job, in many cases when you're not the expert, what we're finding is that it has a really detrimental effect on employees, whereas the connector approach really draws for their success from a broader network of coaching connections, where the connector realizes that he or she may not always be best positioned to provide that coaching and feedback. And sometimes they provide that targeted feedback, but they also create an environment that promotes peer-to-peer coaching. They help their employees to find the right connections and learn from those connections across the organization. And that's, that's really the better approach. So your book is called The Connector Manager, Why Some Leaders Build Exceptional Talent and Others Don't. So let's dive a little deeper. Tell us more about the connector approach. And if you could, Sarah, give us an example so it's really clear to this global listening audience. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the connector approach is really defined by three connections. So the first one is what we call the employee connection. And that's really about that one-to-one connection between the employee and the manager. And the way that the, the connector makes that is by spending a lot of time asking the right questions and diagnosing exactly kind of what what their needs, interests, motivations are. So that's the, the employee connection. The second piece is the team connection. And this is the, the way that the connector creates an environment that promotes trust and transparency and makes it easy for peers to share skills with one another. So um, just, you know, an example of one, one uh, manager that we found who, who does this really well is they start um, their quarterly team meetings by doing a practice that, that they call each one teach one. And we write about this in a book. And really it's about every person in the room going around and sharing one skill that they feel like they can share with others. And it just starts to promote that, that idea of skill sharing, that the team that we're all here to develop one another, and just kind of a really simple practice of a connector manager that we liked. I love that. 
each one teach one. That's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, some of these are kind of simple things that that any manager could do. And, you know, that third piece is the organization connection. And this is all about connecting employees with the best fit connections across the organization and making sure that employees learn from those connections. So, you know, this is not about I'm going to kind of delegate the development to someone else, but it's about em- their managers being thoughtful and helping employees to navigate to the right people across the organization who can help them. So, Sari, it sounds uh, logical, practical and actionable, but I can imagine some of the folks listening today may be saying, OK, great, but I'm not a connector today. So how do I get started? So what, what are some thoughts about how a non-connector can become a connector? So in addition to, you know, something like an each one teach one kind of practice that you do in your team meeting, there are a number of different things you can do. So if you're coming from a place of always on, um, where you, in a lot of times, the always on manager tends to assume that they they understand employees' problem or that, um, for example, all employees who are starting in the workforce today need X. Um, really, this is all about coaching the person, not the problem. And it starts with diagnosis. So stopping and listening and asking the right kinds of questions that start with why. You know, if I were to... It, if, when, how. It's not about, you know, the simple questions where you assume kind of you know the answer. And I think the next piece gets to that organization connection where a lot of managers are really comfortable saying, oh, talk to this person, talk to Alex. I think he can help you with this. But what they miss is the piece that makes the connector really work. And it's being taking an active role. So we call it the warm up and the cool down. So preparing the employee for that conversation, helping them understand how they can get the most out of that connection. And then the cool down, which is all about how are you going to apply what you learned? And just taking the simple step of, as a manager, helping your direct report apply what they learned can really accelerate that learning and development from each of those connections. I love that. And I'm really grateful for the clarity around that because it's not just a handoff, right? Sending them to someone else, but with the warm up and the cool down, really synthesizing why and and, and what you want them to get out of it and, and the follow up. That's fantastic. Sari, we'll be right back after a quick break. Your working life is powered by your stories. We want to hear more from our listeners about your experiences in the workplace. Tell us what challenges you've overcome or tips you've learned along the way. And even better, if you don't have the answers, let us know what issues you want to learn more about. We want this podcast to serve you in all of your career and life needs. Send me an email at caroline at carolinedowthiggins.com. So, Sarah, you and I are ensconced in the realm of careers, and we know that diversity and inclusion has become increasingly important for so many organizations. So let's talk about connectors. Are they better at fostering diversity and inclusion? Yes, that is one thing that we have found and we tested for in our research. So connectors make fostering diversity and inclusion one of their fundamental goals. And this really gets to the the team connection piece of what connectors do. So we found that 
connectors are significantly more likely than other managers to invite different thought processes on their teams when they try, they're trying to make decisions. They tend to approach decision-making and interactions with all team members consistently, so you don't see a lot of favoritism. And they tend to resolve differences of opinion on their teams with everyone feeling respected much more than any of the other manager types. And really, this is all about identifying and looking for those different perspectives and embracing them and making people feel comfortable sharing them. And we found that connectors excel in that area. And did you find in your research that connectors identified with being connectors or were these things that they were just doing naturally or uh, consciously? You know, how, how did they identify with the term connector manager? So the way that we asked the question is actually we asked a a set of 90 different behaviors to employees about their managers. So that's how we identified the four different types through really a factor analysis, not to get into this statistical detail, but it um, it was more about asking some of the underlying behaviors around all of the different types and what managers do. And then we were able to group those into the four different types that we found. And we found that one of those types was the connector and the connector kind of was uh, comprised of all these different kinds of behaviors. And that diversity and inclusion fostering that I talked about was one of those key behaviors that employees actually identified in their managers. Wow, wow, that's significant. So here, how about this factor too? What about the advancement of women? Because that's such a key thing, certainly at this moment in history. And when you look about look at the generational growth and so many more women in the workforce now, the potential for women advancing as leaders is great, but it's still a slow process. Yeah, yeah. and that was really interesting as we started to dig into the data on this one. So one, we found that women are significantly more likely to have an always-on manager. So that was surprising to us and interesting. And that, too, as we started to ask women about the support that they feel from their managers, we found that they're less likely than men to feel that their managers are supporting their development and connecting them to others across the organization. And as a lot of us know, this without having some of those connections and understanding the broader context around the organization, knowing people around the company, this can harm their development and career advancement in a lot of in a lot of instances. And what's great is that this is where connector managers excel. So they work to understand the individual needs and aspirations. They create that environment that promotes learning and consistency and that they are really focused on helping their their direct reports find those right connections across the organization to help them further their careers. And this has been um, really helpful for women who have had, you know, if they have had always-on managers in the past and they start working with a connector, they can immediately see the difference. That's great. So let me ask, though, for the employee, right, who is reporting up to a manager and craving that connector manager style, is it is it worth asking to say, hey, can you help me out in this regard and introducing the concept? Yeah, 
Absolutely. And I think this is where, you know, employees need to take an active role as well. So, you know, we talk a lot about if I if I'm not one of the lucky ones and, you know, connectors are only about a quarter of the population of managers today and I have a different kind of manager, what do I do? And it's really about as an employee making your needs and aspirations known. So, making, you know, while connectors may ask you about them and others may not, it's important for you to to be clear about that and beginning to build your own development connections across the organization. That's easier in some organizations than others. But even if you don't have a connector manager, what we have found is that, you know, you can seek projects with connector managers, seek mentors who are connector managers. We found one of the best ways you can grow your career is to actually seek diverse projects that are led by a connector. So there are ways, there are certainly ways around a non-connector manager. I, I'm so grateful for those strategies. That's great wisdom for our audience. So let's talk about, uh, you know, what if you're in a smaller organization or a startup, you know, some kind of an entrepreneurial venture, and at this moment in time, you just don't have a lot of those skills in-house. What do you do? Because not everybody has the, um, you know, the generous, large corporate environment where the potential to look for those special projects or to groom a connector manager are readily available. Yeah, absolutely. And we found that the connector approach can actually be a big advantage in small organizations. So when we think about particularly that that third connection, the organization connection, it's not just about connections inside the organization. It's about connections outside the organization as well. And we actually, um, in the book, we tell a story about uh, a CEO of a small 15-person company who is trying to build digital marketing skills with his marketing manager and found that he just didn't have the skills in-house. So what he did was he reached out to peer companies in the same industry and area, to business partners, even to customers. And he calls these people his benevolent outsiders as the people who have really been able to help his marketing manager to build those skills. So, and what we found is, you know, if you ask, many people are willing to give, to be benevolent with their coaching. and, And a lot of people are willing to share that. So, you know, thinking outside of the organization, outside of the box to build those kinds of skills that you need. That's encouraging. So correct me if I'm wrong, Sari, but I think what I'm also hearing you say is that connectors can really be at any level. Can you elaborate on that? Absolutely. We we looked at this in the research. We found that connectors exist at all levels of management. So in the beginning, we talked a little bit about managers versus leaders. What we, we actually in the book, we have a section which we call super connectors. And this is really the role that the most senior leaders in the organization can play um, in, uh, in being a connector. And it's beyond just that role of the connections they make for their individual team members, but it's also about playing a more influential role to create a connector company. They have a responsibility to help create the infrastructure to make those connections. Sometimes it's, you know, helping partnering with HR to create a tool in the company or a supporting technology that can help that, but really building more connectors across the organization at scale. And we found that there are some really effective senior leaders um, in all different kinds of organizations who are super connectors. 
That is great to hear. You know, Sari, this is really transformative work and so helpful for so many people. I'm really excited about it. I want to share the title and give a shout out to your colleague and co-author, Jaime Roca. The book is called The Connector Manager, Why Some Leaders Build Exceptional Talent and Others Don't. And of course, it's available on Amazon and all major book retailers. But before you go, tell me who's the best audience? Who should be reading this book? Yeah, this is a book for current managers, current leaders, aspiring managers and leaders, and even people in organizations who have influence around coaching and developing managers and leaders, so HR executives as well. So it's a great read if you if you are an employee who wants to be a leader or if you want to have a bigger influence on your company to, to develop more connectors. Awesome. Sari Wild, thank you for joining me today. I learned so much from you. Love the book. I wish you and Jaime great success. And what an important resource in this modern day workforce. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much for having me. And if you like the show, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. And even better, leave us a review because this helps new people find us online. And let us know what career-minded issues you'd like to hear on a future show. You can find me on Twitter at C. Dowd Higgins. And I want to recognize my tremendous podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for the extraordinary work you do to make this show awesome for our audience. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.